Hi, everyone. This is Dan LeBrod with The Ovation Show, and we are live in the Work Innovators Network here in Frisco, Texas, the Castle Hill Realms, uh, where uh, Work Innovators is amplifying the voice of business. And I am here today with my good friend, Nelson Griswold. He is a founder and chairman of the NextGen Benefits Network. And so, Nelson, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's great to be here in Dallas, Dan. Look forward to a whole week yeah, in we Big D. Three or four big days with our mastermind. Um, well, let's just get right into it. You know, back in 2012, you wrote a book uh, called Do or Die, which is about reinventing the broker and status quo for healthcare reform. You know, ACA came in 2014. So you were kind of ahead of the curve already thinking that, hey, change needs to happen. But explain to me, you know, where Do or Die came from and the thought process and why you wrote it. Well, I started, I, I wrote a column for one of our uh, industry publications and I'd written a series of columns around the idea of it's time for change, it's do or die for these employee benefit firms because Obamacare was changing the landscape, changing the reality on the ground for these employee benefit firms. And it was about diversification, bringing more value to your clients, uh, learning how to tell your prospective clients the value you bring, which is marketing. Uh, and then we talked about how to manage uh, your business to be more profitable. And that led to our mastermind group because after I wrote the book, a number of agency owners said, well, we'd, we'd love for you to do this for us. I said, do what? What you wrote about the book? I said, well, that's why I wrote the book. <laughs> they said, yeah, but, but we don't have time to do it. Could you do it for us? And by the time I priced out the consulting fee, nobody wanted me to do it. <laughs> but, but I realized there was an interest in implementing these changes to bring more value to their clients and create a, a stronger, better business for themselves. So we put together a peer-to-peer -peer exchange group, a, sort of a, a national uh, think tank, if you will, of top employee benefit firms that wanted to improve their business and do better for their clients. That became the NextGen Benefits Mastermind Partnership that you and Ovation are a part of, and uh, advisors from across the country are now a part of that. Uh, so it was really about helping these employee benefit firms help their clients in a better way that would allow them to stay relevant and impactful despite the changes with Obamacare. You know, you mentioned impactful. And so, yeah, the mastermind we've got now, I believe, around 45 boutique benefit consultants across the country, and I think we're doing amazing things. Um, but you talk about being impactful. And so talk about some of the impact that the masterminds are having. Because again, you wrote a book on changing the agency, but I think now that's that's progressed into changing the clients. Yeah, so it was an interesting evolution. Initially, we were fairly status quo. We were operating within the status quo model, uh, which is primarily based on healthcare plans from the insurance companies, uh, what we call the BUCAs, Blue Cross, United Health, Cigna, Aetna, and Humana. What we discovered in 2017, so about four years into the mastermind, is that we could actually change the control and lower the cost of healthcare. We didn't know that before. It was a, revel it was a, a revelation and it's a revolution. It's a revolutionary idea. So at that point, we started showing our clients, agency leaders like yourself, how to start to help an employer take control of their healthcare spend. This is their second or third largest line item. 
The second or third mm -hmm. lot is operating expense, as you know. And to be able to actually control that, improve the quality of the health care that they're buying for their employees, and lower the cost is revolutionary. Nobody does that in our industry. Our industry has been an increasing, a steady mm -hmm. and increasing rate every year. You're going to spend more on the same or a lesser product every year. What we now call next-gen benefits turns that on its head. It says, absolutely not. We're not going to accept that status quo. So agency leaders like you around the country have started calling on CEOs and CFOs to let them know, to educate them that they have the opportunity to create an employer-controlled health plan. Hmm. Because right now it's controlled by the insurance company. And the insurance company's goal is to maximize shareholder value and maximize their EBITDA, their profit. The employer's goal is to provide the highest quality health care at the lowest price. Right. And that, that, that absolutely clashes with the insurance company's goals and, and uh, plans. So by making an employer-controlled health plan, the CEO, CFO, COO, they have the opportunity to take control of the plan, improve the health care their employees are getting, and reduce the cost for both their employees and the company. I love it. So you're saying we can get we can give better care at lower costs, which is something, you know, when you look at the BUCAs, uh, the first thing that comes out is, well, we automatically, we know we're getting a 10% increase at least every year. And and even the plans that we knew that we look at now, they're taking away benefits. And you're saying we can lower costs and give better benefits back with with basically less out of pocket to the employees and the employers. So, I mean, it's just awesome because I know I experience it with our clients and, you know, we've interviewed some of my clients showing those results. But when you look at the mastermind in general with these all these brokers around the country or benefit consultants, um, what other results are you seeing? I mean, going against the status quo? Well, the first, let's let's start with quality because as, as a friend of mine, Leah Bender, with the LeapFrog Group that rates hospital by, by their quality scores, Leah has a wonderful saying, there is no good price for bad health care. Think about it. Of course, makes perfect sense. There's a hospital over here where people go to die. They kill people. But it's a lot less expensive than this hospital. You want to go there? <laughs> of course not. Absolutely not. I'm going to go to the place where I'm going to get the best care, whatever I have to pay for it. So that's common sense. What is not well understood is that the most expensive hospitals aren't necessarily, in fact, they usually are not the highest quality provider. Right. Um, they, they have the biggest marketing budget, which is why we all think that they're such an awesome hospital because they're on television, on radio, in the magazines, constantly promoting, you must come here, we are healthcare. But the reality is there are other providers that do a better job for less money. Real quick, why, how could better healthcare cost less money? Right. Well, when it comes to things like surgeries, the more surgeries, the more procedures a hospital does, let's say open heart surgery, the more open heart surgeries a hospital does and the more open heart surgeries the surgeon does, they get better at it. It makes sense. Practice makes perfect. They get in a rhythm. So they're doing four open heart surgeries in this hospital every day. 
The nurses know what to expect. They've seen it all. They're fast, they're, they're efficient, uh, and they don't make mistakes. So you're gonna get a better outcome when you're working with a doctor in a facility that does a lot more of those procedures. Well, how does the cost less? Well, because they're better, they're faster. They get the surgery done in a third of the time. You know who takes the longest doing surgeries? The surgeon who's not sure what he's doing <laughs> and he doesn't do it enough to be confident. Therefore, he goes very slowly. Well, you're paying for every minute in that emergency, in that operating room. So if that surgeon can get you in and out faster, they turn the operating room, the OR faster, it doesn't cost, they don't have to charge you as much. Yep. Right? It's like, it's like, well, I'm 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 gonna stay at a hotel, but I'm gonna stay one night. Well, you're gonna stay a lot, you're gonna pay a lot less if you stay one night rather than four nights. Right? I can get my business done in one day, I can go home yep. the next day. Cost you less. So it's efficiency that leads to lower prices. All this to say that you get better health care from from facilities that charge less because they charge less because they can because they're doing it more often, which means better quality. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You know, so the question I'm thinking about now is if I'm an employer and I hear this and I go, wow, my employees can get better healthcare and we can get it at lower cost, but we have to find the facilities, we have to find the doctors, we have to go through this process. I'm an employer, I'm a CEO, I'm a CFO. I don't wanna do that. My HR staff can't do it. So how, how do we do that? If I'm an employer, how do I, yeah, I love what you're saying, but that's a lot of work for us. How, I mean, how do they manage that? Well, as, as you actually know, uh, the, the next gen benefit advisor has people. So the advisor doesn't do all of that work, doesn't right. do the research, doesn't know who the best providers, the, the best highest quality doctors, uh, the highest quality hospitals, but we have medical management firms right. that do, or we have other solution providers that um, can source drugs at a much lower price than the current system brings them. Same drugs, the employee gets the drug for nothing, no yeah. out-of-pocket, and the employer pays anywhere from 40 to 90%, even 100% less in some cases, yeah. because there are ways to get drugs for some employees at no cost using the manufacturers. They have an assistance program. The point is the employer doesn't have to do any of this, right? Just, just as the CEO or CFO do nothing to manage the quality and cost of the ball bearings that they buy for their widgets that they make, they have a purchasing agent or a supply chain manager. Right. In this case, they have a next gen advisor who then has his team of, of solution provider specialists that do all of the work, that do the magic. It, make sure the employee's getting the highest quality healthcare, uh, making sure that they're paying the lowest price for the highest quality care. Not the lowest price, because that's the healthcare you don't want, right? Doesn't matter the price. Highest quality healthcare at the best price available, and then making sure the employee gets through it is, is we, we hold the employee's hands. Yeah through this process. When you're sick or hurt, you're scared, uh, healthcare can be an extremely scary system to navigate. So we use nurse concierge, we use health advocates, uh, and all of those are provided to the company 
the CEO and CFO just has to make one decision, and that's to change the way that they're managing and utilizing healthcare. And they do that by signing on a next-gen advisor like you. Yeah, I think I think that is. I think when the C-suite realizes they can possibly do something, then it's just finding the right person that knows all those little pieces out there. Because, you know, I didn't know a lot about them until I got involved in the Next Gen Mastermind, you know, three and a half, four years ago. And suddenly the world opens up and we see everything that's possible. But again, I can't do it all. The other partners can't do it all. They're, we're using outside vendors and suppliers and, you know, to manage that healthcare supply chain. And that was a term I learned from you early on was the healthcare supply chain. In fact, you did a certification for it. Um, in one of the Ascend conferences. Right. And, and, you know, I have that proudly on my website or on my LinkedIn page. Um, but you talk about the solutions and I was going to point out too, you know, one of the books that came out of the mastermind was Break Through the Status Quo. And, you know, that book was great because it's all the mastermind partners or a lot of them putting in their best ideas and giving it to people. Hey, here's things you can control. Here's things to look at. Um, you know, I think that is just a fantastic example of as a mastermind working together to br do a greater good. Well, the collaboration, which is the hallmark of our, of our mastermind group, um, the collaboration, as I like to, to say, no one of us is as smart as all of us. So when we bring together 30, 40 top benefit consultants, healthcare consultants around the country, you're going to get the best ideas. You're going to get the best strategies. You're going to, you're going to have one advisor say, well, I've been doing it this way, but that you've got a better way to do it. And so we learn from each other <clears throat> and by helping each other, we all get better. Everybody improves. Yeah. The, the thing about breaking through the status quo is first of all, understanding that the status quo is no longer acceptable and it's not sustainable. When right. you're, when you're increasing by 8%, when your cost of for healthcare is increasing by just 8% per year, in seven years, that's over 50%. What company can have their second or third largest operating expense grow by 50% with no improvement in the quality mm -hmm. or the, the, the medical outcomes every, every seven years? Who can afford a 50% increase every seven years? The cost of healthcare has tripled since 1999. The premiums, the healthcare premiums the companies pay have tripled since 1999. It's 20 years. That's not sustainable. And the quality. So one, one quick point I want to make on quality. Dan, there are, we know some hospitals are better than other hospitals. Mm -hmm. We know that, that some hospitals are really good at heart, but they're not very good, let's say, at orthopedics. Others are great orthopedics. They really shouldn't be doing heart, but they do. There are doctors that uh, have multiple malpractice suits running against them. Right, two percent of American doctors are responsible for almost forty percent, thirty-nine percent of all malpractice lawsuits. I want to know who those doctors are, don't you? <laughs> right. Definitely. I want to avoid those doctors. I want to make sure my yeah. family and friends avoid those doctors. The problem is we don't know as consumers, we don't know which are the best hospitals, yep. which are the best doctors and which are the dangerous doctors. The insurance companies do. But they don't tell us. But they don't share it at all. There's a reason for that though. They have these doctors and hospitals in their network, their preferred provider organization, PPO networks. 
and they have a contract. And that contract prevents, prohibits the insurance company from preferring or promoting any one doctor or hospital over the other. Even if one doctor is known to kill people and the other doctor is a world-renowned specialist in that field. You can't say, oh, you should really go to him, you should really avoid him, even though that's obviously the right thing to yep. do. They're prohibited from doing that by contract. The worst thing, though, is the insurance company wrote the contract. So they're not allowed by yep. their own contract to tell you or your family member or your friend or an employee of your company where they should go for the best health care, the highest quality health care. So we have to work outside the system. That's why we have to break away from the insurance company mm -hmm. because they simply are not bad people. They just have bad incentives and bad contracts. Yeah. And by going to next gen benefits, we move away from that. We move to a process and a system where you as the advisor are helping the employees know exactly where to go. These are the best doctors in your market. Pick one. We don't care. Yep. But if you go to one of these preferred doctors because they're high quality, oftentimes the out-of-pockets wave. No deductible, yep. no coinsurance. The health care for the employee becomes free when they follow the, the nurse concierge's guidance. No, this is arbitrary. This, these are done by a team of doctors. It's recommendations yep. done by a team of doctors and nurses. I don't know about you, Dan, but if I'm a patient and I have a health issue, that reassures me. Yeah. I would much rather know that I'm getting educated recommendations from a team of doctors and nurses than going onto the insurance company's physician and hospital directory and just choosing blindly. Uh, I've heard of that hospital. I think they must be good. They're on television all the time. So what? Yeah. <laughs> right? They have a good marketing budget. So that's that's the big difference is taking control of the health care plan lets the employees and the employer take control of their health care as well. I think you touched on a lot about the misaligned incentives, whether it be from the health care plans, the big, you know, we always say, I think even Les Morales always says the logos, you know, the Blue Cross, they, they get that comfort on that logo, but doesn't mean it's in your best interest. Um, so, you know, you, you go back to the incentives and the misaligned interest, you know, if I'm a C-suite, if I'm a C-suite executive, I'm a CFO, CEO, what are the, what questions should I be asking myself, my team when it comes to, uh, the benefit plans and what we're doing? I know you wrote, you helped us design, uh, the CEO survival go guide, how to make healthcare an affordable cost. I mean, there's questions in here and things to ask. There's actually a case study on one of our clients, a Corby, who's also been, you know, Zon's been featured on some of our. Uh, uh, some of our broadcasts, but tell me what, what are those, you know, closing points? What are some of the things that C-suite should be asking themselves or looking at? Well, maybe the first question to ask is, do we in our company have any business units, million dollar or more business units that's, that's run by a line manager? The answer of course is no. We have, we put vice presidents in charge of our business units that are million dollar business units. And yet that same company is spending a million dollars, three million, five, ten million dollars a year on their health care. That's a business unit. Mm -hmm. That's a massive investment. Again, their second or third largest operating expense. And that 
two, three, five million dollar investment is managed by a line manager in the HR department. Does that make sense? Shouldn't an investment that size require oversight by an executive with PL responsibility who's going to monitor and manage through his people? He's not going to personally do it. He's going to oversee it and oversee the management of it uh, so that you can control the quality and the cost. The answer is, well, yes, that would make sense, the CEO would say, or a CFO would say. I think another question is, how important is quality to you and your employees when you're spending half a million, a million, five mm -hmm. million dollars? The answer is always, and of course should be, well, quality is paramount when it comes to health care. There is no good price for bad health care. Right. We want quality health care. When you're working with an insurance company, you have to guess. The insurance company will not tell you who the quality doctors are, who yeah. the safe doctors are, the safe hospitals. Is that what you want out of your health plan? Here's the final question I think uh, CEO, CFO should ask themselves. We're spending half million, a million, five million dollars on our health care for our employees. What are our business objectives? Why are we doing this? CM, I said, well, we have to. No. There is no law that requires you to offer health care. You can pay a fine <clears throat> if you don't offer it, if you're over 50 employees. Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, uh, requires you to pay a fine. But that fine is a lot less than you're paying for health care today. And you say, well, as, a, as an executive, we have to do it uh, for for retention of our employees. Okay, retention is a business objective. Yes? Yes. What else? Well, we want to be able to recruit high-quality employees. All right, it's a great goal. Any, any other object, business objectives? Well, we want to take care of our people. I understand that entirely. Anything else? Productivity. I mean, a, a happy workforce, a healthy workforce, good morale means our workforce is more productive. They're, they're on the job. They're not absent. They're not suffering from presenteeism where they're here, but they're right. distracted. So we, we, we want our people to be productive. That's why we offer health care and why we spend $3 million a year. Now let's look at those objectives and how well are we achieving those objectives. And when a CEO or CFO is honest with, with themselves, and if you're asking the questions, honest with you, yeah. their retention is not very good. It's nowhere near what they would like. They're having turnover that is costing them a lot of money. Productivity? No, because their employees aren't using the health care plan because they have a $3,000 deductible. Yeah. And so the employee goes, my knee is killing me. I know I need to go get it looked at, but the first $3,000 of expense yeah. for health care is on me. I, I can't afford to spend that. I might have it in savings, but I may only have $5,000 in savings, Dan. I'm not going to pull maybe 3000 out of my own dollars. I'm, I'm wiping out my savings. Yeah. So they don't go get the health care. So employee is hobbling around on a painful knee. How happy is he? How focused is he on yeah. his job? So you're not getting the productivity you need. 
uh, your plan is no better than anybody else's. So how are you competitive? Mm-hmm. Right? How do you have a competitive advantage? You don't in terms of hiring high-quality talent. And then finally, uh, the idea that we're taking care of our employees. Is requiring your employees to pay $3,000 of their own money before they can get any help from the insurance company what you had in mind when you started offering health care to your employees? Is that, your, yeah. is that what you wanted to do for them? Is that what you would choose to do in, in the best worlds? No, of course not. I'd like my employee to pay $100 and go get their health care. Yep. So when you have the CEO or CFO ask and answer those questions, they start to realize I'm spending $3 million and I'm not achieving any of my business objectives. So then the final question is, in any other part of your business, are you spending $3 million, a half million, whatever the amount is for healthcare, and getting no ROI on it. Not for very long is yeah. the answer. <laughs> we may occasionally do that, but we, we stop. Well, why don't you stop it with healthcare? Well, we don't have any choice. Yeah. Aha, uh-huh. you do have a choice. Well, I love what you said, you know, creating, looking at it as a business unit, not as a plan that the HR runs and hey, let's we're just worry about deductibles and how we're going to negotiate down our 10, 15% renewal each year. But look at it as a business unit, a controllable expense, a bottom line expense, take control of it, manage it, just like you would with anything else, whether buying paper or supplies or, you know, snacks in the, in the, in the snack room. Um, you know, I, I love, you know, the paper, the papers that you've done and that you've helped that in the mastermind, the survival guide. I think we had a new one that came out recently. Um, Top power questions for your broker and your insurance company. Um, these are all available on the NextGen Mastermind uh, website, NextGen NextGenBenefits.network. Uh, um, th- also, there's a uh, uh, advise or I forget what it's uh, everyone's listed on the, the network. Directory. Yeah, the directory, so you can find a NextGen Benefit advisor on the website as well, uh, or you can come directly to me on LinkedIn, Daniel uh, Lebrod. But this has been great. There's so much information. We haven't even touched on pharmacy yet. <laughs> oh, that's the lowest hanging fruit. That's the fruit. lowest hanging fruit. And that's what we'll have to work on next time. Uh, do a whole other episode on just the pharmacy expenses and PBMs. Uh, but really, Nelson, this is awesome. I appreciate you coming in. Glad you're in Dallas. It's going to be a great week with the conference and the Mastermind Partners. And I appreciate everything. Well, great to be on with you. And, and it's, I just want to applaud the great work you're doing for your clients. There's a reason that you are featured in Chief Executive Magazine, and profiled along with your client, uh, the CEO at Accordi. Um, and, and the work you're doing is exemplary of the kind of results and success that we can get with NextGen Benefits. So I appreciate the hard work you're putting in. Well, thanks. Thanks for everything you do for us, too. Um, so I just wanted to say that's a wrap and appreciate everyone watching this. Um, we want to thank to our sponsors, uh, the Success North Dallas, where they've been building relationships for the past 30 years, and Bill Wallace, of course. Um, and then Craig Shelley, uh, Craig Shelley Jewelry and Fine Watches in Beverly Hills. Uh, thanks for your sponsorship and support, and uh, we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.